I think this film got a lot of uh, flack when it came out um, to be like, oh, it's, it's, it's anti-male and, and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, no, it's just about two females. Like, shut yeah. up. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to episode 102. Hello, film fans. In our studio today, we have Sam. Hello. Kelly. Hello. And as always, Kobe. Howdy. And we are reviewing the 1991 Ridley Scott classic, Thelma in the Weeds. As always, guys, we have all the show notes online at flixwatcher.tv for all the episodes. So please come and visit us there. Of course, join us on Twitter at flixwatcherpod. And please come to iTunes, rate us and subscribe. Warning, there will be spoilers. There will be bad language. As always, the films that we're reviewing were available to stream at the time of recording. Hello and welcome to this episode of Flix Watcher Podcast. In the studio today, we have Sam and Kelly from the Curzon Film Podcast. If you would like to say hello and tell everyone a little bit more about your podcast, please. Hello. Uh, so we do the Curzon Podcast, which is a weekly podcast. Uh, so every Friday, we tackle the new releases that are playing in Curzon Cinemas and on Curzon Home Cinema. Uh, so we talk about a new release of that week or two releases that week. Uh, and we also have special guests. In the past, we've had Greta Gerwig, Serene McKellen, Paul Dano, Willem Dafoe, Sean Baker. Jason Reitman. Jason Reitman. <coughs> Kobe. Dylan <Dylan-Hoffner. laughs> Kobe's yes. been on. Was it First Man you were on for? I was on for First Man. Yeah. Where did that feature in your top 10 films of 2018 in the end? It, was, it wasn't in the overall one. It no. didn't make it. It made mine. I think it was on my ninth or something. Mm. It's definitely in mine. Top 20 are mine. Top 20 mm. yours. It was strong. Well, I, I don't didn't know. see it. I you missed that one. It. I heard it was a bit boring. No. No, it was good. You heard wrong. Yeah, heard from the wrong people. Yeah. Who are you hanging out Which with? Which people are you talking to? <laughs> Hang with us, Helen. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, definitely seeing the cinema. I think. Yeah. I've pop- missed that now. Yeah. I? <laughs> It'll come out again. Prince Charles will bring it out. Um, we're talking today about, yeah, Thelma Louise. Which is your choice, Sam? It is my choice. Can you tell us why you chose it and give us a two-minute synopsis? Sure. So, to be honest, I picked it because when you asked me what was the last thing you watched on Netflix, the answer was Thurman Louise. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I'm glad that was the answer because it's a film... Because it could have been embarrassing. Because it could have been an embarrassing <laughs> yeah. answer, yeah. Uh, and Don't ask l- him now what the last <laughs> one is. <laughs> and luckily, I love that film. And I've seen it once before and then I watched it again to show Kelly on Netflix. So about- this is your first time? Yeah, yeah, it was my first time. And it was for me, it was about seven years apart, so quite a long time between viewings. Mm. And um, I think it's a film that people forget how great it is. Um, So this is uh, Ridley Scott's film written by Callie Corey about uh, two women, Thelma and Louise, um, both living um, not to their fullest potential in Arkansas, And they go for a girls' weekend away, which goes horribly wrong when uh, they kill a man in self-defense and then are forced to go on the run. And uh, as they're going cross-country, they are being chased by the police led by Harvey Keitel. Uh, They run into a uh, very attractive Brad Pitt. (laughs) (laughs) That's all he is. Various obstacles on the way. We'll get into Brad Pitt chat later yeah. on, I think. Well, you say Brad Pitt. Did you Pitt. say Brad Pitt's abs? No. <laughs> I mean, it could have been George Clooney. Was that who yeah. it was supposed to be? He, he auditioned mm. the most. I mean, it could have been quite a few people, but... Um, okay, he, who else was on? Let's go to Brad Pitt and his abs. Let's jump in. JD. Yeah. I, think, I think it was Gina Davis who kind of clinched it for him. She was like, 
I want that one. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's up to her at the end of the day, I suppose, shouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Gina, who do, you want to, who do you want to prance around with? Um, <laughs> and she was supposed to have a, a body double do the sex scene. And she's like, that's no, all right, I'll do that one. <laughs> I'll save you guys some money. Yeah. I'll take this one I'll, for the team. Okay, yeah, exactly. I'll do it. <laughs> the one thing I'll say is he, he's quite skinny in this, isn't he? He's yeah, very he's, skinny. He's quite scrawny. Yeah. yeah. He's like, he was like in Snatch. Remember in Snatch, he's quite <laughs> sort of skinny and sort of greyhoundy. Yeah. And he's sort of muscular, but thin. Yeah, but lean. What was he like in Fight Club? Kind of yeah. the same. Kind, kind of the same. same. Maybe yeah. he's always he was been. More, I don't think he filled out a little bit, no? Yeah. Fight Club? For some reason, I just thought he was he's bigger quite, a little bit. Big. Yeah. yeah, okay. Yeah. No, uh, he's quite scrawny in this one. It's weird because he's always eating. <laughs> that's just yeah. Ocean's Eleven. Every, that's Ocean's. Most films, he's always eating. Yeah. He's just there with a big man all the time. Nom, nom, nom. Um, Brad Pitt's first film. Let's get out of the way. Big film, I guess. The breakout film for him. Yeah. Um, I guess it must have been just a bit of a fluff character at the time. No one kind of... I mean, I'm going to talk about a few of the characters in this, but um, a few of the actors in this, but for Brad Pitt, he was probably the person who just thought, he looks quite pretty, get him in the film, get him out, and no one could really have appreciated the kind of trajectory he would have taken. Um, and I think it was... We've had Seven on here recently, mm. and that was probably the film that cemented him as like, oh, this guy... He can actually act. He's not just some a six pack or eight, eight yeah. pack or whatever, however you choose to count it. Not just a pretty face. Not just yeah. a pretty face. Yeah, that's a roundabout way of me saying. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Little did they, they hired this guy. He probably did like two or three days of filming. Mm. Little did they know they changed America. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he plays a crucial role in this. It is pretty crucial, actually, and that's what I've, I'd forgotten since my first viewing how uh, that he comes back because I remembered it. He. Uh, he d- comes in, he sleeps with Junior Davis, and then he goes. I forgot that A, he takes the money, mm. and B, he's kind of. Is he the, he's the reason that the police find out where they are, isn't he? Yeah. Partly. Yeah. They're going towards yeah. Mexico. Yeah. yeah. And also, he gives Junior Davis the idea and patter just yeah. how to steal, yeah. oh, how yeah. to be an armed exactly. robber. Yeah. And I also love that he, he's, he, uh, he gets his. Um, his abs out. His abs out, yeah, like that. But um, <laughs> no, that he uh, he sort of makes it known to Gina Davis's husband that he's yeah. slept with oh, his yeah. wife. That's the best part. Um, but let's take it back to the start of it. Um, this is obviously a female-led film back in the early 90s. Not that common, but at the same time not out of the realms of audience, but this is still like mm. an, an iconic film. With I mean, had Working Girl and which is eighties film and Nine to Five, Nine to Five, yeah. Um, but it wasn't. It was few and far between. Well, it was also the same year as kind of Terminator Two, and we just had kind of Aliens as well. So it was so sort Ripley of and... yeah. It was it kind of was almost heralding a new era of Hollywood, but then it just never really happened after that. <laughs> we kind of had these three films, which. Um, women were the main characters and you know great written characters and everyone thought oh this could be a new thing and then it just didn't really went back to the same old man stuff same year as Sons of the Lambs as well so again another very very strong female lead Um, which is the one Oscar that it didn't win yeah this was the screenplay yeah and that one was it adapted (laughs) yeah so this I think were nominated for the same awards at the Oscars that year and Sons of Lambs won everything um, but this managed to take away original screenplay that was it yeah um, I had a quick we've had a quick look um, we're gonna, I'm not going to lie to you dear listener um, we've got IMDB up to find out because uh, Cal, Cali Curry I knew mm. her from Nashville to be honest from <laughs> Nashville. Nashville okay quite like Nashville the TV show <laughs> yeah um, 
So she wrote it, which is super important in this. And I was quite surprised in this day and age. Well, it was Ridley Scott. This is a Ridley Scott film. Yeah. Um, but he seems to have directed this in such a, a, a fantastic way for, for, for Thelma and Louise. And it always surprises me how, what kind of films Ridley Scott gets involved in. Mm. And um, It's a pretty mixed bag. <laughs> it's a pretty mixed bag, but it's, a, it's diverse. So he's got aliens, he's got, you know... Gladiator. But yeah. He's also got films where he has he's, he's shown to have some kind of sensibility. The Martian as well. Yeah. yeah. Um. So it's kind of crazy, but I still feel I would have loved to have seen a female director. I agree. Behind this. But yeah. I don't know what they would have done differently necessarily. So, but he seems to have played it quite well. Yeah, I think I think maybe there would have been less of Harvey Keitel, white and <laughs> knight in shining armor. Kind of. There would have been less focus on that. Yeah. yeah. For sure. Yeah. I, 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 I still think he that. did a good job, though. Yeah. I, think, yeah. I think he works in close collaboration with both the actresses and the writer. So yeah. I think he, Callie Curry and uh, Susan Sarandon, as well as Gina Davis, I think they collaborated uh, quite a lot on their characters and the story. And I know that he wanted to change it, uh, the they story. Let, yeah, they, yeah. Let, they keep the ending as well, yeah, which exactly. a lot of people were not keen on. Yeah. Um, and she was really adamant. Callie Curry was very adamant, adamant that that was the ending. Mm. Um, I think they, they, there was two. There was an alternative ending. Have you seen the alternative ending? No, oh, it's, one it's on yeah, the DVD. There's an alternative ending. They Ooh. shot it. Yeah, it, it, it was um, the car descending down uh, the Grand Canyon, and and everybody's sort of reaction to that. But uh. they decided to go with a freeze frame, which is a little bit more of an uh, a little bit more of a, an upbeat end. Oh, okay, <laughs> literally. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so they do fly off in the alternate. Well, they do fly off and go okay. down, yeah. And you see the car sort of descend. Um, but, uh, yeah, he, uh, he he was true to the script and I think that that he's, he worked closely with the, with his female collaborators, which can, it shows, you know, this film mm, is yeah. it really, it, it feels like a labour of love and an authentic story that's uh, true to its art, I think. And yeah. I think with what Ridley Scott did before this, this is a real change of pace for him. So he'd done Alien and Blade Runner and Black Rain mm. and um, what's the one with Tom Cruise? Uh, one with the Prince of Darkness with the big, Tim Curry's got like a big devil horns in it. Uh, I don't know. I'm not Ridley, I was thinking I'm not really a Ridley Scott completist, but um, he's just literally done I'm intrigued now. What, a fuck ton of films. What film is this called? <laughs> um... <laughs> Whilst we're looking for this, yeah, let's let's go back to the the Harvey Keitel bit because that's a bit I really did not understand. I, I, I really didn't get. I can get that he's chasing her because she's like killed a guy. Yeah. She's chasing because she's killed. They've killed a guy, but um, at the same time, this whole oh, legend, this whole thing of like I'm I'm rooting for you. I really want you to kind yeah. of get away. It's weird. But, and it's just a, it's like what's what's kind of going on there. He's a bit of a sort of unnecessary good guy. I suppose. Mm. Um, Not all the men are bad in the film. Yeah, I think that's what they were going for. Um, Michael Madsen was all right. Yeah, he was all right. He is. He is he's kind of a nice guy. <laughs> After his little yeah. violent uh, tantrum. Yeah. <laughs> he's all right. Um, he's another one, actually, who's... I've never thought of Michael Madsen as a handsome man before until I saw this film. <laughs> I always thought of him, oh, he's just a sort of... Some character actor. He's a sort of a, yeah, He looks like an ex-con. And every, psycho from Reservoir like, Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, mean, I think in here, I was like, actually, he's, he's, he's quite good looking and he's kind of nice in a weird way. Um, but yeah, this is the, the year before Reservoir Dogs. It is, and I presume a lot of drugs and alcohol as well, yeah, I guess which so, followed yeah. subsequently. Mm. Yeah. Um, but going back to what I was saying, so the film was Legend, yeah. um, which is a crazy film. Um, but anyway, so he'd done all these very stylistic, um, sort of visually moody <laughs> films 
where he and they had these incredible sets and camera angles and they're really sort of operatic in a way and here he's very I th- I, it generally looks like he's taken a step back as a director and sort of said to like you know Kelly Corey's script is the selling point of this film and yep. these actresses are the selling point of this film I need to let them push them to the front and let them do the work for me in a way like I'm just going to make it look as good as I can without getting too involved in everything that's going on and I think Ridley Scott does have a tendency to kind of take a good script and Ridley Scottify it by uh, not ruining it, but making it less good, but just doing exactly what he wants to do with it. Like Robin Hood was originally a script called Nottingham and it was Robin Hood, but all from the point of view of the Sheriff of Nottingham. Right. And it was this quite, it was on the blacklist for many years and really highly talked about this is really unique take on Robin Hood. And he got it and thought, oh, this could be interesting. But what if it was just Robin Hood? (laughs) (laughs) I've not seen that film because of every report. Yeah, is, I'm yes, not going to see that. It's, it's toss. Yeah. Um, I mean, he still does his good... Um, the Martian's still a good yeah, film, but yeah, then he can still bring it back. And it's bookended but... by... Um, people have different opinions of, of the alien Prometheus and Covenant, but Robin Hood's not a good film. No. Some people love Gladiator, some people hate it. So it's a very much of a mixed bag actor, but, yeah. uh, director, but this is, I guess, hands down one of uh, a classic one. For him. Absolutely, yeah. Um where were where were Gina Davis and Susan Sarandon at that point? They were pretty old. Well, I mean, in terms of kind of Hollywood, Susan Sarandon was what forty four, forty five, I think. Forty five. Uh, Gina Davis was thirty. So, I think they were yeah. ten years apart. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they look younger. I mean, mm. Gina Davis, she could have been nineteen. And yeah, this. they both look I, incredible. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I guess even at that point, to be two leading ladies and at that age, if you think about films now if someone said oh we want to do kind of a female road movie our two leads are 45 and 35 <laughs> yeah. someone would be like oh we're just going to find you some actresses in their 20s <laughs> yeah exactly yeah, yeah. so well, uh, in, no money yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I mean let's say that there's obviously the loads of people again who it could have been but Holly Hunter and Frances McDormand were the two favourites and it could have been Meryl Streep and uh, Goldie Horn as well. Oh, so they had like the pairings, did they? Yeah, yeah. There's, there's quite a lot of them, yeah. but um, I think definitely Holly Hunter and Frances McDormand were a favourite for for a long time, and then um, Gina Davis was attached for quite a while as well. Because Gina's like, well, both of them have. I've just you just know Gina Davis and Susan Sarandon. But for me, um, Gina Davis is like Beetlejuice for me. She's same like, for me. She's exactly like the same. Amazing. Yeah, like, can't be touched with Beetlejuice. Yeah, and in this. Thelma is such a, not a, I don't want to say dits but she's like why she makes all these stupid choices like letting JD into the yeah. into the room and then letting him have a shower when there's like $7,000 worth of money like, yeah. lying around you just kind of think what are you doing but Gina Davis plays it so plays it so well it's like yeah. you she's forget how, how good yeah. an actor yeah. Yeah. and she she's never been allowed to make these kind of mistakes in yeah. her life because she's been with her husband Daryl for so I think since they were like 13 they've been together you're supposed to infer yeah um, and yeah, she's never she's never been. It feels like she's never let out the house to do yeah. anything to to learn to to make these mistakes and to grow as a person. Yeah, she plays a, a yeah she does, and I think she's the one that obviously goes through the most change. In the film, yeah, um, she's the one with the sort of a transformation and and an awakening. Um, uh, and yeah, I think uh, she's just naive and open and trusting, and and sort of the opposite of Louise is hardened <laughs> yeah. and sort of cynical and. And they both sort of um, go through their own arcs in this film and yeah. they bring out the, uh, different traits in each other, sort of. Yeah, this was also the kind of the last Gina Davis film that was 
really big. And I don't know, I'm, I'm trying to think of what else she did after this. She, she did, did uh, the pirate film. Yeah. Oh, Cutthroat Island. Yeah, Island, so which was a, that was with Rennie Harlan. Yeah, so she, she married, married him and she did the Long Kiss Goodnight. Yeah, as well. which was a box office bomb. Yeah. Um, oh, so, because so then, Cutthroat Island sank that studio, yeah. didn't it? So she probably was like. I You're think not she had anymore. two after this. She had yeah. So her big films after this, which would have been The Long Kiss Goodnight and Cut for Island, were both box office bombs. And then she's kind of trailed. what's that baseball movie she made? Oh, a League of, oh, a League of Their Own. Oh, but that was that was, was, that was uh, that. I like yeah ninety two. Yeah, something like that. I love that. Oh, by the way, R.I.P. Penny Marshall. R.I.P. Penny Marshall. Absolutely. But yeah, I love League of Their Own as well. She's amazing in that one. It's a good film. Watched recently. But then she, I mean, she kind of took a. She's she's more of an activist now, isn't she? She is, and an really archery cha- yeah. champion as well. Archery, yeah. I'm pretty wow. sure she's really good at archery. Wow. Um, so she's she's leading a happy life, is what you're saying. That's yeah. what I want. I mean, yeah, she is, but um, not really in Hollywood much. These she's days. a big campaigner for like um, women's rights and um, um, you know, sort of equality and pay and things like that, which you'd expect from uh, from Thelma, yeah. I think. Which you yeah. should expect from everyone who lives exactly. ever. Yeah. Um, I mean, we start, I don't know, it's not really particularly a Me Too type film, but it starts off at the at the, st- the main kind of denouement at the start of the film is that she, there's an attempted rape. Mm. Um, this is more extreme than a lot of the Me Too stories going on, but it's kind of, it's still a rough kind of start to the film, shortly followed by the the death of Daryl, who, not Daryl, uh, Harlan, 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 yeah, who, yeah. Um, it's it's a very tough start to the film, and then think, yeah. that follows through to the rest, kind of less, the rest yeah, of the through and, line. And it's it's more um, so the story that um, they can't go to the police because no one would believe. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's the thing. What sets them yeah. out on the yeah. road? It's an interesting one to watch nowadays. Uh, you know, especially for for your for for the first viewing. Yeah. You sort of watch and you go, what? Like you you forget that that, that that's, that's how it was it a reality been. and still is in some some ways. Um, hopefully now. Um, getting a bit better, but but yeah, I mean, um, Louise even says at one point she was like, "What do you what, what are you going to say? You know, everybody saw you dancing cheek to cheek with him. They're yeah. not going to believe you. We don't live in that kind of a world." And you kind of go, "Shit, yeah, that was actually that's true. Yeah. They couldn't go to the but what were they going to say? You know." But but on the flip side, I think um, they also show you know the other the only other kind of major speaking role for a woman is the the waitress um, mm. where Harvey Keitel's character interviews her and she's like, "Oh, he had it coming." <laughs> you know, yeah. like she's the one. Yeah. She knew. She knew someone was going to kill that guy. Yeah. Um, but interesting that they play that, that 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 you know that guy was trash from the beginning, right from the start. Um, I was going to say we're not mentioning it yet. They invented the selfie. Yeah, it was. Yeah. I was going to say, was this the first time we ever saw a selfie on on film? Yeah, kind of. I think so. And then they did it really cute again. Was it like a year or two ago? Cute. Yeah, which is really sweet. Yeah, and, uh, they were they got they were together. At was something. that the, was that oh, the thing yeah. where it says where would Thelma and Louise be now? Yeah, well, something like that. At the bottom of the Grand together. Canyon, basically. <laughs> Dead. They survived. Did they? Yeah. <laughs> I like this film. <laughs> I've only seen it. I've only, I think I've maybe seen it twice before, mm. and like myself, like seven years apart. So yeah. I'd, I'd forgotten about the money going. I remember Brad yeah. Pitt being there. I didn't kind of remember how the two things happened. One thing that again I forgot about in this film was like you see at the start, Thelma's packing to go away. It's quite funny. She's packing for so much for just a weekend, and she pulls yeah. the gun out, holds yeah. it by the nose, and like drops it into the bag. But then you think, okay, oh yeah, there is a gun. Someone does die, and I thought it was going to be later on in the film. It's quite quickly. It's very, it's, yeah. it's very So it's not even a Chekhov's gun. It's just like, 
there's a gun that's going to be used, bang. That's the Get film. out of the way. That's the film, yeah. like, <laughs> running off. You don't see that that much these days. Mm. No, I think other films will try and tease that a bit more. This one gets that very quickly. Uh, yeah, like you say, I'd, I'd forgotten how quickly that, that main sort of plot point kicks in. Well, it's mm. an exciting incident, yeah. Yeah, it happens yeah. very early on. Yeah. Something else I'd really forgotten that I really enjoyed watching this time was Daryl. He's so yeah, funny, Christopher McDonald. Chris, yeah, I'd completely forgotten that that character was that much of a big part in it and how funny he is. Did you know that they were engaged? Gina Davis was engaged to him before. Really? really? Yeah, did you know that? And he, and, and she she didn't know that he'd been sort of cast. Oh, God. And then um, they were like, oh, you're right with it. And they were both like, ah. And they found it both quite cathartic to imagine, be in yeah. a weird, horrible marriage. They were like, yeah, we made the right choice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they were yeah. engaged. Because she was funny. Though. She was with uh, Jeff Goldman for a long time, wasn't she? Yeah, yeah. after him. What yeah. a great couple. Or Goldman, Goldman and Gina. <laughs> Goldman and Gina, yeah. Tall couple. That was in um, Urkel's... Urkel's 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 yeah, and The Fly. Oh, shit. And there was another film as well, wasn't there? I'm not sure. They may have been with it in another film together. Was he in Greece? The, Who? Um, he's, he is in... I think he's in Greece 2. Mm -hmm. Greece 2? Yeah. yeah. not Greece 1. No. He's in... I'll tell you what he is in. A weird reference. But he's the dad in Leave it to Beaver. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if anybody's ever seen that film. We never got that. that. Oh, yeah. Um, Happy Gilmore. Oh, yeah. He's oh, yes. <laughs> I eat pieces of shit like you for breakfast. You eat pieces you eat of shit for breakfast? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think what I thought, I, I thought it was funnier than I remember. So mm. I've seen it quite a few times, yeah. but not for a while. And I just seem to think in my memory that it was funnier, but it's not. They're moments, they're moments. Sort of. Like, like I thought it was more... Arkansas. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Daryl watching Darryl's the tape funny. of her robbing the convenience store is so funny. <laughs> <laughs> but what does he say? I can't remember the line. It's like, good Lord, or something like that. Yeah, they all they're say all something like, Jesus like that. Christ, yeah. oh, my God, good Lord. Good Lord. <laughs> yeah, Stephen, Stephen Tobolowsky's in there as well. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Which yeah. is like, how could... Because every time you see him in, in anything now, he has got, he's got a really put on accent. Yeah. I don't yes. know if this is his fake accent or this is a real accent in this, but he's always got a really kind of like... He's really amped, he's amped it up, isn't yeah, it? That, is he absolutely. in Groundhog Day? Yeah, Groundhog yes, Day. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's a very quotable form, isn't it, though? Like, the lines that... You, you forget how many quotable lines yeah. that there are in the film. Yeah, I love Louise's introduction where um, she tells a girl, don't smoke it, will uh, it ruins your sex drive. And then that, the next shot is her smoking <laughs> in the kitchen. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and also, it's been such a kind of pop culture influence as well. Mm. I mean, obviously, like The Simpsons and oh, yeah. just so many other films as well. Is it always that shot, though? They always recreate the final... Much, was it in Wayne's World as well? Or Wayne's yeah, World Wayne's too? World. Um, Lynn Herring did a, a version of it. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's super iconic film. And yeah. I think it's a bit of a crying shame that not been more... Yeah, that's, that's the biggest like problem this. with this. There's not been more films. Yeah, I think it's starting to happen now. Mm. Annihilation. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, it's still kind of a bit of a man film, but yeah. I mean, we're kind of getting there. I think maybe. I think so. I think so. I hope so. I hope so. We can yeah. only hope. Yeah, but it, I guess it doesn't have to be a female-driven film. It just has to be led by more films led by ladies. Yeah. So, like, like, so like Bird Box, for example, is like yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like that have be... real women in movies. <laughs> like yeah, yeah. Make, exactly. it, a, make I mean. it a norm. Like, that's the thing is, I think this film got a lot of uh, slack when it came out. Flack, sorry, not slack, flack. When it came out um, to be like, oh, it's, it's, it's anti-male and, and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, no, it's just about two females. Like, shut yeah. up. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> like, 
I think the you thing know? is as well about having female characters in a film where the plot doesn't... Re- I mean, the, the thing this, the plot does revolve around the fact that they are women, which is good because it's saying that things need to be said, but I think something to move towards is having female characters, like in Annihilation, where it's not part of the plot that they're women. Like it just, They are just women because women do exist and do these things as well as men. Wow, what? <laughs> I know. Shocking. Sorry, sorry, I fell asleep. What do you what do you say? Did you say that one more time? I just want to make sure I heard what you said properly. But yeah. Um we just need more. More more 100%. and it's getting that way. It's getting better. Yeah. Um yeah. and I don't know if Bird Box is the best example. I've not seen it yet. Me neither. It's all right. I mean that's what most people have said. Everyone yeah, who's seen it fine. has gone, yeah, yeah it's all right. <laughs> Um, is there anything else you want to talk about, guys, before we head to the scores? Um, maybe quickly, just a bit more sure. on the ending. Yeah. Because I think that's the part that people remember the most about this film, and it's something that's really burnt into, like, American film culture. Mm. Um, and it's the, it's the kind of Butch and Sundance moment where yes. they're kind of two friends that realise there's no other way for them, and why not just go out? And I think they realise that, that... I don't know if they say it, but they say something that kids that they've been the love of their lives really all along. Like they've all these men that have kind of got in their way and kind of in some cases ruined their lives. They should have just been the two of them the whole time, not in a romantic way, but they're just happy being the two of them. And there's no way for that to happen anymore after everything that's gone through. And it's just a really beautiful way to end this film. Do you think when, it, when I watch films that were set over like a short period of time, and then there's like a massive like step change in the outcome. Do you think they should have, I don't know, is that realistic, do you think, to be flying off the um, Grand Canyon? No matter all the things that did transpire. I mean, they've gone pretty far. They go far. I think maybe yeah. if they hadn't have blown the truck up or robbed the... Robbed the... Wherever she policeman. Robbed, policeman. Yeah, yeah. and then, then put a policeman in a trunk of a yeah. car. Um, you know, or they just kind of had enough of running. Mm. I don't know. In the sense of the movie, I think it makes total sense. Mm. In terms of the movie, it makes total sense. In the narrative... And it it is kind of just that it's a it's a movie it's a movie magic moment yeah. you know like I think it's it's one of those that you're like oh, I'm prepared to suspend my disbelief and and think oh does is would this really happen yeah. with these two people do this and I and I think it's one of those that like just goes that's a movie man and that's what <laughs> makes movies great <laughs> that you can live out these fantasies yeah. and and it's all right you know with Harvey Keitel running after you yeah <laughs> no I, I, I do think that shouldn't be in slow motion that does doesn't really uh, Harvey Keitel just. Sh- as great as he is, just shouldn't be in the film. <laughs> I could do about the slow motion on the on a repeat viewing, but it's a it's an amazing ending. It's a real exclamation point to the film, and I don't know another ending that I would have been happy with. Like if they get arrested, that's such a bummer ending. Yeah, yeah. And to see them die would also be really just depressing. Having spent this time with them and seen what they can do and what they have done, yeah, I can't imagine it ending any other way. And also them giving themselves in and then going, yeah, we believe you. Yeah, exactly. It's, would have yeah, not worked yeah. either. But also they had no... I mean, she would have gone to jail. It was as much as it well, was... Would have gone, it, yeah. They would have, yeah. As much as it, as it was in defense of of uh, of Thelma, uh, he, they could have gotten away. Like, you know, it's her past trauma that came back yeah, up. Exactly, that sort yeah. of... Um, which in and of itself is a tragedy, but yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, she, it's, cold, it's cold-blooded murder. Yeah. Uh, what she did was wrong, you know? Um, even though the guy deserved to go to, go away, he did. He, you know, he was murdered. Yeah. Um. So I did. I do think that there, there is there is no other way yeah. out of yeah. that situation. And it's one of those. It's like it's like when ET flies over the moon. It's like mm. where you know I don't know when uh, 
Darth Vader says, Luke, I'm your father. It's just a moment that's instantly, oh, that's that's a major moment now. Yeah. Now, every time someone makes a film or writes a film, this is going to be one of the moments that they think of. When someone makes a list of the greatest moments in film, I think immediately the end of Fermin Louise is one that comes to mind. Mm. I think it's one of the strongest endings ever. I mean, we even, we, we've had seven on here. If you don't know the energy seven, it's powerful. We're not going to yeah. spoil it. What's but... in the box? <laughs> Every time someone says, oh, what's in the box? I immediately think of... We're not, we're not, we're not sorry, 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 yeah. sorry. Um, but it's not, as, it's not as like, there's no one shot that, that defines it. It's all about the dialogue. It's all about the build-up. It's all about yeah. the tension and release of the tension. But yeah. this is like, it's either the, them holding the hands or it's the car going into the air. And either one of those shots is like, you know which film it is, you know what's happened, mm. you know it's the end of mm. it and you know what's built up to that. And that's just like, mm. that's a powerful capturing in in, in celluloid. Because mm. it was celluloid then. Absolutely. Large, no yeah. digital. Um, so we head to the scores? Let's head to the scores. So uh, Flix Watcher scores, they're all out of five. You may have a decimal place. You may have a zero, but I think zeros are unlikely in this case, but you never know. And uh, starting with recommendability, and uh, we'll go to you, Sam, as this is your choice. Recommendability, I think, I think I'll go 4.75. Um, I held back from a full five, maybe because watching it again, there are some parts that are a little bit dated, I think. Um, I mentioned earlier, like some of the slow motion in the end, and maybe some of Harvey Keitel's characters, like like you said, I don't really know what that character's doing or why he's doing any of what he's doing. Maybe he's just a genuinely nice guy. It doesn't but... need to be Harvey and it doesn't need to be such a, a developed part of the story. Yeah. It could just be a, a yeah. another... He's in it more than I remembered person. him being in it. Yeah. Basically. Um, but yeah, I think it's a absolutely astounding film and such a classic that everyone should see it just so they know what we're talking about. Kelly? Yeah, uh, I think... <clears throat> I think it's such a classic. I'd give it a five. Uh, just everybody should see it at least once. It's It's just a... A, a classic Hollywood film that you should see and it's enjoyable you know it's not it's not hard to watch um, so I would recommend it to, to everyone I think thanks um, it is a classic although watching it this time there was bits in it I was like mm, yeah it's probably dated a, mm-hmm. a little bit um, but then some bits that I picked up on a little bit more um, so I don't know it's, it's kind of a really interesting one because I don't know how you would feel about it coming to it for the first, first time, time now, now. Whereas I've seen it quite a few times, so I was kind of watching it, even kind of knowing what everything was going on and watching it for the purpose of kind of making notes and, and getting the interesting bits. And it's, it's quite long. It's, you know, it's quite good, long, yeah. good two hours plus, mm. which um, I, thought it, I thought it was shorter in my mind. And so this is where the Hive Cartel thing, I think it's also yeah. was like what you're saying without realising is like, get, make it a bit shorter, make it yeah, a bit trim, punchier. Make it a little so. bit trimmer. Maybe, yeah. It's quite long. It's like two. It's over two hours, isn't it? Yeah, two hours. Mm-hmm. Seven, yeah. I think. Two, yeah. Okay, a bit longer. Um, so, I mean, if you haven't seen it, then I completely recommend it. But I'm going to give it a four point five. Yeah, I'm going to give it four point six. I think it's sorry, four point five for you, four point six for me. Um, Harper Cartel irritated the shit out of me in this <laughs> film, to be honest with you. Um, and I did find it. I know it's ditzy Thelma but sometimes I just thought the choices that they were made just like, really? Is that what you, really? Um, and I found them a bit hard to get on. I, I think this is me thinking in the post kind of like people being a bit more woke and, but Arkansas, yeah. like the 90s. Yeah, I mean, one one kind of mistake and then like another one. And yeah. you're, you're a bit like, if 
Ask Louise now. I'd be I'm really pissed. <laughs> <laughs> My life savings. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying everything to do. Um, yeah, I mean, that shouldn't really detract. I mean, if you're watching it for the first time, you're probably not going to get yeah. too involved in that. Uh, and also, like, one of the small hills I die on is, is things exploding on, on impact of bullets. If they don't have explosive in them in yeah. the first place, that shouldn't happen. Yeah, doesn't that, make sense. That tank can't yeah. explode like that. <laughs> Why? Has it not got, like, flammables in? It has, but it takes. It'll take. It won't. It won't take a bullet to ignite it to okay. the extent that it will instantly explode like that. That's just a geek. Me. I mean, I don't think they were expecting it to do that. <laughs> no, they but that's again. That's 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 movie magic, as Kelly's saying. That's movie yeah. magic. That's like all these things happening. Um, repeat viewing score, Sam. Repeat viewing. I will go for a full five for this one. Partly because, as I said, this is watching on Netflix is the second time I've seen it, and I forgot how much I loved it watching it again. And Kelly watched it last night. I didn't watch it again, uh, but Kelly watched it, and I saw the opening, like the opening few title cards and that music had their hands in the score stuff. And I was like, mm. I really like this film a lot, like a lot. I could happily just st- I was super Why didn't tired, you? just super tired. I, I had a cold as well, um, <laughs> but uh, I was very, I could have very happily just watched it again. It's that it's that great, and it's. It's not as challenging. It's not like a hard film to watch. It's quite, considering some of the things that happen, it's quite easy to watch mm. and get into. So yeah, full five from me. Kelly? Um, yeah. Uh, I give this one a, a 4.3. Um, I, yeah, we watch it again because every time you watch it, you kind of remember quotes or, or lines or, or moments that are great. But I think it, it, it would be one of those that like, if it were on, I will watch moments and not maybe not the whole thing, you know? Um, I'd be happy to sit and watch maybe half an hour or, sure. and but then carry on <laughs> maybe and come back to it and carry on. Um, so yeah, that's why I gave it a 4.3. I've seen this film loads. I don't know how many times, but I've definitely seen it probably more than about five times, maybe slightly more. It, um, was a, it was a huge kind of talking point when it came out. So as a... Yeah, did I you was, see it when it came out in cinemas? No, because no, I was 11 when this came out, so oh, definitely yeah. wouldn't have um, been allowed to, but I when it came out on DVD, I guess that would have been potentially yeah, get well, a hold of it. When it came on Sky, I would have watched it quite mm. a few times. Then I had the DVD and would have watched it on TV a few times when I just had hours back, you know, in, in the 90s <laughs> in the to watch films. Um, so I mean, I've got to account for that, but also watching it again, I, I was surprised how long it felt. I, could, I definitely remembered it being not as long. Maybe I just watched like a weird version on ITV where they'd cut out bits or something. I don't know. Well, we found recently that sometimes Netflix just has like the extended version and they don't tell yeah, you. Yeah, maybe they do. So maybe find out, let's find out what the theatrical cut was. Um, because again, you don't remember Harvey Cartel nope. being in so long. Well, oh, I don't remember Daryl being that funny either. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, what's your score, sorry? Uh, I'm going to give it a three point five. Um, I'm going to go for three. I've I haven't seen it that many times. I don't think I need to watch it so many times. I don't think it's going to be a go-to film for me. It wasn't. It hasn't been a go-to film for me. Yeah. Um, and I don't think it's going to continue okay. to be a go-to film for me. It, nothing really distracting away from the fact it's it's a really cool film um i just think i will pick i'm more likely to pick other films to watch mm-hmm. this is this is a once every three or four years time okay deal for me which mm. a, um which is, i'm translated to 3.4 what did you say 3.5 yeah um okay small screen score small screen score uh 
I'll go 4.3. I mean, it's hard to say. I've never seen it, never seen it in the cinema, but uh, maybe some of those wide shots of the Grand Canyon and the helicopter and those sort of more of those overhead shots would be a bit more impressive and a bit more enveloping on the big screen. There were some cool helicopter shots. Yeah, there yeah. Are. I mean, the scenery is great as mm. well. I mean, it's shot really nicely mm. when they're sort of, you know, just driving around. Yeah. I think the, they did the road trip well in this film, yeah. didn't they? Yeah, they used the space around them really well. Yeah. And these kind of iconic sort of images of Americana as well. There's that one bit where they were facing over the edge of the Grand Canyon and the helicopter yeah. swooped up. Oh, yeah. And I was like, that's a good shot. I forgot, again, I forgot that happened. Yeah. That's, that's the cool thing about not watching the films that often. And that... <gasps> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then you see Harvey Keitel's stupid face there <laughs> beaming down on her. It's like, Harvey what are you doing um, sorry Kelly um, yeah difficult to say because also haven't seen it on the big screen but I maybe a four um, yeah just because I think also the score uh, just sort of the score would make a difference in the big screen just as like bringing you in because there's great music in it as well I didn't um, notice the score that much yeah I mean it's good so it bring you good, in? good good like uh, country music it's, and, like, it's it, Hans Zimmer it isn't it it's very Hans Zimmer yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah Um. Uh. yeah so probably a four I think I would have liked to have seen some of those wide shots mm. on a big screen Um. But yeah I mean this is kind of a I guess it's kind of maybe a fun experience to have maybe seen in the cinema but I've I've only ever seen it on TVs and I've always, you know, in, enjoyed that. And also, it's another one of those films that, you know, there are people out there who've never seen it before mm. and might not know it's on Netflix and might be a bit like, well, should I watch it? Should I not? Like, yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's it's on Netflix and, you know, it's kind of still looks pretty good. So I'm going to give it a 4.5 because I, I just like the fact that. If you ever want to go and watch Thelma and Louise, you can just go and watch yeah, it because it's just sitting there yeah. waiting for yeah. you. I'm going 3.8. I think some of the shots look really cool. And just how it just looked like a really clean... It is, yeah. Really clean image as well. I don't know if I was expecting something properly grainy. Um, <laughs> but it just looked really cool. One thing you were just saying there, Helen, which made me think, actually would quite like to see in the cinema is what I saw, True Romance, another oh, yeah. scored oh, film at the Prince. I saw that kind of Prince a road trip movie as well. Kind of a road trip movie. Um, nowhere near as beautifully shot as yeah. this. But seeing that in a cinema was like really cool. Yeah. And I think watching this in the cinema to get that collective experience I think yeah, would be totally. a nice vibe at the Prince Charles. I imagine there'd be some audience cheering as well in I this think one. absolutely. Yeah. Audience cheering, drinking yeah. and ladies wearing scarves, scarves yeah. Polaroid and stuff. I think it'd be a, a bit of a riot in, in the cinema of Prince Charles why have they not done that then they probably have done they probably have done a headscarf I'll get, my, I'll get a headscarf do I not have, I don't have a headscarf um, engagement score Sam uh, engagement I go uh, engagement I go 4.5 engagement because um, you love the character so much I didn't feel distracted by anything else watching this. I felt really into it and mm. didn't feel like I wanted it to be over, even though it is long. Um, I suppose it doesn't get the full five because it's long. Um, because you, it, cartel. Because cartel. Because <laughs> <laughs> cartel. Also, I think the tone helps as well. The tone's very up and down in this film, but not in a bad way. It's very like, it diffuses some of the more brutal and gritty moments with moments of humour. And also it's a film about a really sort of film about tender friendship as well and I think that's the through line for all these sort of through, mm. through the humour and through the kind of darkness 
mm. and that I think really helps pull your attention into it. Because there is those, even though the film is ditzy and she loses the money, she's the one that gains the money again. Yeah. And she's the one that saves like uh, Louise from the police. Yeah. Mm. And which is actually like, this is her going like full. Uh, yeah. This is full Thelma. <laughs> I think this is the one of the best films about like friendship. It's a love story, but yeah. with non but platonic yeah. friendship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Kelly. Um, I'll go a bit lower with engagement and give it a 3.8. Mm-hmm. Just because, yeah, it is quite long. And so, they, and especially watching it at home, there's a tendency to be like, oh, I'm just going to go make a cup of tea. <laughs> <laughs> and then also if you know the movie, you're like, yeah, I can pause it here. I'll just go to, you know yeah. what I mean? Like that kind of thing. Um, even though you love the characters and you yeah. are kind of, you do you do kind of go like, okay, 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 I'm going to pause it here before this happens so I can, whatever. And so I think it's one of those that like less likely to sweep you up and take you away with. Well, you're saying if it was on TV, watch a half hour here and then and then you get on with, you, exactly. with your merry exactly. way. Exactly, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, Helen? Um, so I'm going to go for a four just because I've seen it so many times and I did kind of... So this, you know, building up to the bit where this happens and mm. yeah, I was just surprised. How long it was. <laughs> Honestly, I had it in my mind. It was a much shorter film or it felt much shorter. Um, I mean, there probably was one time when I saw it when it was 100%, but I think every time I've watched it since, you, you kind of know which bits are going to happen. And I did get into the trivia. How many times you watched it? I mean, like maybe five to 10, I guess. Quite a lot. Mm. Um, and yeah, I did sort of get into the trivia a little bit while I was watching it. Mm. What trivia did you find? Uh, just about all the different people who could have oh, yeah, basically you've, played. Oh yeah, you've smattered them through this, this episode. <laughs> yeah, sorry. This is it. Yeah, sorry. I've got it all. You've got it all. Um, I think it's, I think for me, bears well, I've maybe seen this three times. I think the first time I would have seen it was very young and not had an iota of a clue what was going yeah. on. Probably just waiting for them to jump off because it would have been like some kind of Dukes of Hazards 18 type <laughs> thing for me. And then seeing it later, maybe in the early 20s, and between then and now, there would have been like 15, well, 10 or 15 years. So I think that's it's really nice because I really had forgotten all the things that happened in it. Um, so this time around engagement is probably higher on repeat viewing. As long as my memory doesn't fail me, I think it'll be lower. Um, so yeah, I'm going to go for four. Why not? Just give it a four. Four, um, which gives us an overall rating of four point. Two five, which Ooh, is tight. Five, yeah. I think it deserves it. Yeah, yeah. Yep, definitely. Um, had Harvey Keitel's face not been in as much, <laughs> it would have been higher. That's, yeah. that's what we're saying. Yeah, I, d- I didn't remember reading any trivia that he could have been replaced by anyone else. Unfortunately, <laughs> it was always Keitel. Yeah, it was always Keitel. He was first choice yeah. for Ridley. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Him and Madsen. Um, yeah. Was this before Reservoir Dogs? This was. Yeah. 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 Probably just before Reservoir. I imagine. I don't know about when Reservoir Dogs was filmed. That may oh, have been yeah, filmed maybe before, before this. Mm. But this definitely came out one time. one year before yeah. Dogs. But I think Dogs may have been shown around some like studios and stuff the year before as well. Just gathering some traction. Yeah, and stuff I think. Like about, that. Yeah. Yeah. I always think of Harvey Keitel as, as as an just a badass through and through. I think he's done some proper comedy films, hasn't he? But he's mm. just like. Well, he does the um, direct line adverts now. Yeah. Oh, That's Winston Wolf. Yeah, on that bombshell. <laughs> Guys, can you let us know? Uh, oh, yeah, sorry. We need to go to Twitter. Uh, we always go to Twitter and ask people. Um, we put a little note out saying, in this case, we're... Re- re- I'm 
fumbling my words. In this case, we are reviewing Thelma Louise um, with K.S. Powell and Sam Howlett underscore one from Curzon Cinemas, the podcast. Have you seen it? Tell us your thoughts for an on-air shout-out. And we had a few people who who tweeted. Uh, guys, do you want to take us through? Sam, do you want to lead off? Sure. Uh, so we've got What Were They Thinking podcast, who says, four stars, great progressive story with two strong leads and a cool early appearance from Brad Pitt. People love Brad Pitt. I have to mention him in everything about this film. <laughs> Does it take away from it a bit, do you think? Hmm. I mean, he's he's just very spunky and very <laughs> young. And it's a real scene stealer. Yeah, yeah, it just, he brings to it kind of the, the energy that the film needs. And I don't think anyone else could have done it quite so well. Agreed. Um... Amanda's Pick Show A Go Go <laughs> gives it four stars. A great road movie about female friendship. What an epic ending. Yeah. And the last one we've got is from Top Film Tip. Callow housewife and jaded BFF assert their womanhood in crime spree road trip. Iconic journey of self-discovery. Still remains Ridley Scott's most compelling work. Bittersweet and authentic storytelling that hits you right in the feels. And then we've gone for five car slash police car images. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Ridley Scott's most compelling work? I don't know. I don't know. Big, I think it's funny Ridley statement. Scott because I think, especially in the late half of his career, he's thought of as like kind of a macho filmmaker like Black Hawk Down, Gladiator, Robin Hood, even The Martian. You know, these are very macho mm. man's films. Mm. And yet he's made this film, which is one of the most, feels like the most real depiction of female friendship in an unrealistic mm. circumstance. Mm. It's yeah. a standout, I think. It's a real yeah. standout yeah. for him, yeah. yeah. Uh, G.I. Jane as well was one of his. G.I. Jane, yeah. I've never seen that. <laughs> have you? No, I've never. Haven't. Demi Moore in her prime. <laughs> is that Demi Moore's prime, G.I. Yeah, Jane? Yeah, but got, isn't there, did she do striptease? Was it her striptease? That might have been, no, that's disclosure, isn't it? Disclosure? Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, She's a very dubious career. <laughs> Choices. What was the one with Rob Redford and Woody Harrelson? Oh, yeah. Indecent oh, Proposal. Indecent proposal. proposal. Yeah, there yeah. We go. And she's the villain of Charlie's Angels 2. Full she throttle. is. Oh, that's a See, that was a comeback year, wasn't it? It was a comeback, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, guys, thank you very much for coming on. Thank you for having us. It's been a pleasure. Uh, you. Can you let everyone knowing, uh, let our listener know, where they can find you, where he can find you, where she can find you. We don't know who. Where they can find you. Yeah, where yeah. they can find you, exactly. Um, they can find us at, um, what's our podcast uh, so They can find us. Um, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> that, can, if you at Curzon Cinemas is oh, the yes. podcast, yes. <laughs> and you can also find us through Acast or iTunes or whatever podcast platform you use. You're on Spotify as well. On Spotify now as well, yeah. Uh, yeah. We have a new episode every week. Uh, you can also go back and listen to some of our back catalogue where Kobe was on talking about First Man. Yeah. Yeah. Which was yeah. fun. Yeah. Helen, you should come on. Yes, please. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Oh, thank you very much for your time. And, um, well, see you guys later. Thanks. Bye. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Cheers. Cheers, guys. You were just listening to the latest episode of Flix Water Podcast. Thank you to Brendan Russell for his sublime editing skills. Mighty people for the tunes you can hear right now. Please do come to iTunes and find us, like, subscribe, share with your friends. Find us on Twitter at Flixwatcher Pod and our website, flixwatcher.tv.